Hello and welcome to Holistic Health Chats, a podcast where we chat about all things holistic women's health and everything in between. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, a women's health nutritionist with a focus on helping women to heal holistically and live pain and symptom free. I'm so happy that you've made your way here. Tune in every week so we can listen, learn and be inspired together. If you are currently wanting to get personalized advice to support you with your nutrition and hormones, the best place to start is for you to book in a complimentary consultation. In this 15-minute consultation, we will discuss your current health goals, what you can expect from consultations, and we cover any questions that you may have. If you're happy to go ahead, we book in a time for your initial consultation, but equally, if you need a little time to think about it, that is perfectly okay too. To book in a complimentary consultation, simply head over to selendouglas.com forward slash links and navigate to the book section. Alternatively, you will also find the booking link in the show notes on this episode. We hope to meet you very soon. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health Chats. In today's episode, we are covering the tests that you should get if you have PCOS, including what day of your cycle you should look at testing, the exact tests that I recommend, what your LH to FSH ratio means. We'll also cover, of course, why I recommend these tests and where treatment strategies for PCOS should be focused and so much more. A little uh, side note before we get into today's episode is that I'm still sorting out my mic issue. I promise uh, hopefully to have it done by next episode. So I am just recording on headphones today again. So if it does sound uh, a little different, then I do apologize for that. And I hope to have it fixed ASAP. Um, And another little note that Uh, I am a new mom, as some of you may know, and I am struggling a little bit to get these episodes recorded each week, but I am really trying to commit to having one done. So this episode is a few days late going out. Um, And when I recorded this episode, I also did have my beautiful little boy strapped to my chest in his carrier. And as he started to wake up towards the end of the episode and make a few little grunts and wriggle sounds, I decided to wrap the episode up fairly abruptly there. Um, But if you do have any questions about today's episode, please do come and find me over on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm always happy to answer any questions that I can. So my Instagram is Douglas underscore nutrition. And of course, you'll find all of the links um, and all of the good stuff in the show notes. So you can go and check that out wherever you are listening to this podcast today. Without further ado, let's jump in and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the show. This episode is a little bit later than it normally is, but I am getting it out in the same week because I'm trying to really commit to being consistent, which is difficult when you have a new baby for sure. I think I've underestimated the amount of 
work or should I say overestimated the amount of work that I thought that I could do with a small baby. So this is me currently on a Saturday morning um, after going for a walk with my little baby strapped to me, finishing the episode for this week because I'm being committed to getting it done. Um, So in this episode, I'm going to be going through some testing factors around PCOS So we're going to go through which tests I really recommend that you consider getting if you've been diagnosed with PCOS. And we are also going to go through, I guess, some of the the things that we're seeing um, in clinic around issues with, you know, certain tests not being done or not really looking at the whole um, clinical picture. And we'll also go through um, what some of those hormones are as well. It's a bit of kind of like hormone 101. Now, before we get into the episode, I do have to apologize again because I've not fixed my headphone, I mean, microphone issue, pardon me, um, but I am getting there. I will definitely allocate some time to it over the Christmas break. I basically just need to get a new adapter to plug into my computer because Macs um, are always like that. You just need all different sorts of connections and things to make all of your tech work. And apparently mine has stopped. So bear with me if this sounds a little bit crackly. Um, Hopefully the content is so good that it makes up for some uh, suboptimal audio quality. Um, Okay, so let's get into it. So here's your sort of PCOS hormone checklist. Um, These are the things that I really recommend you consider getting. And some of these you probably will have trouble getting through um, a doctor or a GP because of the limitations of what can be Medicare rebated. um, And we'll go through those um, tests individually. So firstly, what I recommend is a baseline hormone test. And that is to be completed, if applicable, on day two or three of your period. So if your cycle is super irregular because you have PCOS, like maybe you're only getting, you know, two periods a year or something like that, totally understandable that you're not going to be able to achieve this test. But let's just say you're getting a period every 40 days, for example, or there thereabouts, you know, every two weeks or every four weeks, something like that. Um, then we do want to try and achieve that day two or day three hormone test. And when I'm saying day two or three, that's the second or third day of your bleed. Um, The first day of your period being day one, just to reference that. So the hormones that we want to look at um, as far as our baseline hormone tests are FSH, which stands for follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone or LH. We also want to look at estradiol, which is just our um, most uh, active or abundant form of estrogen um, in our during our reproductive years. Um, we also really, really want to look at insulin. We want to test something called SHBG or sex hormone binding globulin. Um, prolactin as well is super important to test. Uh, And we do also want to look at our androgens, so DHEAS, as well as androstenedione and free and total testosterone. In addition to that, if possible, we want to get a full thyroid panel. Now, that does not mean TSH. That means TSH with T4, T3, reverse T3, um, thyroid peroxidase antibody and thyroglobulin antibody. Um, And if possible, 
we want to consider looking at cortisol. Now with um, cortisol, it's actually much better to get this tested through um, at-home saliva testing across four points in the day than it is to test it in your um, blood and in your blood, sorry, yeah, and and we'll nearly allocate a whole episode, I think, to testing accuracy and conditions and things like that because um, this is one that is quite difficult to get an accurate reading of it um, via blood testing, um, and we'll go through why hopefully in today's episode. But I'll just talk you through, I guess, um, why these hormones often aren't tested. Um, and why I'm really interested in having a look at them when I'm working with um, a client with PCOS. So when you um, either seek out a diagnosis or if you have already been diagnosed with PCOS, what's used currently is something called the Rotterdam Criteria. And this is what um, doctors and GPs are using. Nutritionists, naturopaths, we cannot diagnose PCOS. That is outside our scope of practice. So if we suspect something like that, um, we actually need to refer you to um, someone else to complete that diagnosis because we're not able to do it, even though we might be able to see it based on you know, blood work, symptom picture, that kind of thing. So the Rotterdam criteria states that you must have two out of three um, and that looks like um, irregular or anovulatory cycles, which a lot of women with PCOS have. It looks like uh, multiple uh, follicles or cysts um, on ultrasound and also symptoms of or confirmation of androgen excess on blood testing. And so symptom-wise, that might look like acne presentation. Um, quite often with my PCOS clients, I'll see that across the chest and back as well as face or, or um, one or the other. And other symptoms include um, hair growth, you know, perhaps around the face or even around the belly, that kind of thing. Um, and they are your main symptoms. Some women also experience hair loss from their head as well. So there are other things that we see, um, you know, mood symptoms and whatnot associated with that androgen excess, but they are the kind of like key cardinal symptoms that we are looking for. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have all of them, but you might have a few of them. Um, so the problem with this criteria is that there are lots of other um, conditions in which you could have those symptoms. Um, of course, one of the criteria is the uh, polycystic ovaries on ultrasound, but they're not necessarily a problem. And I think we get really, really hung up on these multiple follicles on the ovaries, but um, any female can have multiple follicles on her ovaries outside of PCOS as well. So if we're including something like that in the diagnostic criteria and we need to just have, say, that and the irregular periods, well, there's lots of other conditions or imbalances or issues in which might create those two key symptoms. And so if we're only looking at that and not completing any further testing, um, we can see where problems might start to arise. And I see that really, really often. I've spoken about this before. But very commonly, um, a sort of uh, cross or comparable condition where we see um, that or differential, I should say, where we would see similar um, symptomatology is something called HA or hypothalamic amenorrhea. And it's really problematic when this is misdiagnosed as PCOS because the treatment strategy um, and management is very, very, very different. So um, this is why we want to complete more in-depth hormone testing. And the other part to this and, and reason why is A, 
to make sure that we are confident it's PCOS that we are looking at. The second point I would say as to why it's super important is because not every PCOS case is the same. And I think it's really treated as all the same. When we look at the conventional treatment options, it's like metformin or the pill and not a lot else. And there's a huge problem with this because that's very, very black and white. And then what happens is when women with PCOS who are not overweight come in, you know, they're offered the pill and there's nothing else that they are given advice or direction around. And that's so problematic because it can feel like this is just something that you have to put up with for the rest of your life when in actual fact, it's not. And so we'll go through some of these hormones and why I want to look at those in PCOS. So let's start with FSH. So um, FSH stands for follicle stimulating hormone, and that's one of your pituitary hormones um, called a gonadotrophin, and that helps to stimulate the ovarian follicles to grow. You can really think of FSH like a whip to the follicles. Um, and it's going to ensure that they're growing. And it's also a test that can be used to really check the quality of the eggs as well. Now, your second gonadotrophin is LH or luteinizing hormone. And that's also a pituitary hormone that signals the ovary to release the egg. LH fluctuates over the menstrual cycle and really peaks just before ovulation. So Going back to the timing of testing, when we look at a graph of the menstrual cycle, these hormones are in flux all the time, particularly something like LH. And so it's super important that we are actually testing it on a particular day so that we have a reference point to compare it to. Because an FSH of, say, five on day two could be really normal. But if we're looking for, say, a test before ovulation, we would expect to be seeing a surge, right? So we would expect it to be higher. On the flip side, if we are testing that on day two and it comes back really high, that's definitely an indication to us that there's an abnormality there, right? So we need to be testing on a particular day so that we have a reference point to compare it to. Otherwise, it's essentially useless information. And I just cannot tell you how many times we have clients coming in saying, my hormones are fine, I've been told. Um, here are the results. And when we ask what day, you know, they just, they're not, they were never told that they had to test it on a particular day. And the irony, right? Because we are told all the time that we're asking for too many tests. It's a waste of taxpayers' money. And I just can't help but laugh at that whole thing because you'd think the laugh, the the least we could do would be testing these hormones accurately. So that's why we want to be testing on a particular day. So going back to LH, um, as I said, it fluctuates throughout the menstrual cycle and we expect to see a really significant rise just before anovulation, but just before an ovulation, pardon me. Um, and just a note on this, um, I know a lot of people really like to use those LH um, ovulation predictor kits. Um, they're not particularly accurate based on the fact that LH does fluctuate throughout the cycle, particularly in women with PCOS. 
your body might be trying to ovulate multiple times in a cycle. Um, and you would notice this if you had, do have a bit of an irregular cycle, this is p- potentially a bit of an issue for you that your body is um, not ovulating regularly and maybe attempting it multiple times. And so um, if you are using something like an LH predictor kit, you might be seeing like m- multiple sort of predicted ovulations throughout the cycle. And so um, it, that's why it's just not really my preferred choice at um, identifying ovulation. So ovarian androgen production. So this is looking at androgens like testosterone coming from the ovaries is LH dependent. Um, and so we can look at strategies to modulate or suppress LH secretion. And that can be super helpful in actually reversing those PCOS symptoms if the androgens are coming from the ovaries. Um, A note on FSH and LH in regards to the PCOS diagnosis and kind of confirming that, um, you know, you fit into that picture. Now, it's not to be used in isolation, but it's just another one of those clues for us. Um, Ideally, uh, in a healthy body, we should see an FSH to LH ratio of around one to one on that day two or three. But in women with PCOS, LH is often higher than FSH. Typically, it's around a two to one ratio or even higher. I quite often see it at three to one. So that's another one of those um, key signs for us. Um, that it is PCOS. And why it's important to look at doing this further testing is because when we do that, we can measure your progress, not just by your symptoms, but also by your improvements of certain hormones on paper, right? So um, I think symptoms are amazing, don't get me wrong, but they are extremely subjective. And when you have Um, gotten used to feeling a certain way for a long time, um, it is difficult to decide when you've achieved full resolution. So I'm just going to give you an example here. Um, let's just say that we, you have PCOS, we've done further testing and you know that your, um, LH to FSH ratio is like a three to one, let's just say, and you're very symptomatic and, you come and see us, we introduce a whole bunch of strategies for you around your PCOS, your individual PCOS type. And, and um, we, you know, two, three months down the track, you come back to us and you say, Selene, I'm just so happy with um, the way my symptoms are improving. I feel so much better than I did before. And, you know, perhaps you start to sort of like um, decide that you want to, if we were using supplements, like come off some of those supplements or loosen up some of the strategies, for example. Um, what we don't know is how much you've improved, right? Because your symptoms may have improved to the point that it's enough of a contrast for you that you're really happy with it, which is great. We're happy if you're happy, of course, but we want to also look at those test results as well, because it's that additional confirmation for us that we've achieved what we wanted to, um, and that there's no possible room for improvement in that area, right? Whereas if you are really happy with your progress, but we test and your LH to FSH ratio has gone from, you know, three to one to two to one or thereabouts, we know that, yeah, it's amazing. You've improved so much, but we can actually do better. 
And so we're going to either add something else in or continue off what we're doing. Um, maybe we just need more time, right? So you can see that um, it's really, really important to look at these different markers. And the other thing is that um, let's just say we were really confident that this LH to FSH ratio was like driving all the symptoms and we targeted a um, an approach or a strategy in order to correct that and we did, but your symptoms didn't improve in the way that we expected. That's super important as well because then we can go, okay, well, the symptoms are still there. We've corrected this issue, but what else could it be, right? And so that brings me to one of our other hormones, which is often left out of um, testing, and that's something called prolactin. Um, so prolactin is a hormone which is typically associated with lactation, as the name suggests. So when we breastfeeding, we have higher levels of prolactin. I had a, and not you know, I am not one to, I don't like to discredit GPs or doctors because I truly do think they serve an amazing purpose. And I also do work with a number of integrative GPs that some of my more complex clients are seeing, and they are truly, truly amazing. But um, I do think that there is an issue with us relying on a general practitioner for more specified advice. And I'll give an example here where I had a client who was very symptomatic as though she would have elevated prolactin. And I sent her off to do a test for that. And essentially she was dismissed and told that there's no way she would have high prolactin because she's obviously not breastfeeding and therefore wouldn't have um, high prolactin, which is just quite frankly ridiculous. She went and did private testing and very much did have elevated levels. So um, high levels of prolactin are um, often come along with excess estrogen, but not always, um, and also low thyroid function. That's very, very common. And your symptoms of high prolactin overlap with P-stress greatly. They include things like weight changes, definitely mood changes, cycle irregularity, um, and also issues with um, implantation and fertility. Um, and the key symptom I see associated with that in terms of your menstrual cycle, if you're getting one, is really like tender, lumpy breasts. And that would be more linked probably to the hypothyroidism um, root cause essentially there. So this again is why like, you know, prolactin could be layered in with a PCOS diagnosis, right? And so unless we are also addressing the prolactin, we're missing a huge part of the puzzle. And so we could introduce strategies that solely focus on your PCOS um, and we might get some improvement, but not all the way there, right? So we need to be able to take a broader view and kind of like identify some of these blind spots that we might have. Um, the other uh, set of hormones that I do think is super important to try and do is a full thyroid panel. So thyroid includes TSH, T4, T3, reverse T3, thyroid peroxidase antibody and thyroglobulin antibody. As I said, thyroid testing is quite difficult to get approved through Medicare um, via your doctor unless you have um, a strong family history and symptoms. And still sometimes um, if the TSH is normal, they might not look into it further, which um, there's a lot of problems with that. I've, for example, um, have in the past had suboptimal thyroid function and my TSH was like textbook perfect. Um, and I've seen this a lot with clients as well. I've seen clients with Hashimoto's that have normal TSH, right? So we need to understand that 
testing TSH only is like judging a book by its cover. And we actually need to understand that there's um, there's layers there and we need to hopefully look at that further. So if you're not able to get that approved through your doctor, you can do it through a company called iScreen, which is what we use a lot for our clients. And the test is about $120. So hopefully you're able to actually get all of those other hormones that I've mentioned in today's episode done through your GP or doctor. Um, and then you'd just be looking at something like a thyroid panel um, out of pocket. So um, why I think it's so important to have your thyroid properly assessed, especially if you have PCOS, is because we know from the stats that it's expected 25% of women with PCOS have underlying thyroid issues. And I'm going to go on record and say that I strongly suspect this is a gross underrepresentation because as I've just explained, there's huge difficulties in getting thyroid testing done. So how many women with PCOS are going in and saying, I want to have my thyroid checked and then only TSH is being tested. It comes back within the loosey goosey normal reference ranges. And they're told that they don't have a thyroid issue when perhaps they actually do. Right. So as we can see, proper testing is super, super important. And many of the symptoms of thyroid dysfunction also overlap with PCOS, such as weight changes, mood changes, hair loss, irregular periods. Um, and this is why I think it's just so important that you do get assessed properly. I'm not going to go through all of the hormones because I think that I've covered a lot today. We obviously know that getting insulin is super important as well because 75 to 80% of PCOS cases also contain insulin. You can see here my little baby waking up now. So I will have to wrap this episode up right now. Um, but I hope you enjoyed and come over and say hi on Instagram. If you have any questions, I would love to hear them. Thank you for listening to this episode of Holistic Health Chats. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in iTunes, as this allows me to help more women just like you. Holistic Health Chats is not intended to replace medical advice, so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health. If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selendouglas.com forward slash book for more information.